0: Welcome to Cruise with the Loos, a fun and informational podcast that answers your timely questions about cruise planning and your vacation on board ship. Let's get started with this week's show.
1: Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Cruise with the Lose. We got an exciting one for you this week. We are all freshly off a wonderful three-night cruise aboard the 18-month-old Disney Wish. So in this episode, we're going to be doing a little bit of a review of the ship and an overview of our experience and our thoughts with it. So to kick things right off, Ian and Sam, what was your initial impression upon boarding this ship?
2: You know, walking up the gangway or whatever you call it onto the ship is kind of like getting onto an airplane they all look the same so there wasn't a whole lot of difference in that aspect but the minute you stepped like into the lobby you were greeted with a dazzling beautiful display of this grand hall lobby with this massive chandelier that had a wishing star on it and an ornate castle looking stage and a beautiful staircase. And in true Disney fashion, they had every little detail attended to and went over the board, over the top. I mean, they asked your last name and they you know, announced your last name, you know, the Royal Disney wish wants to welcome the Royal Lewandowski family to, uh, to the Disney wish ship or something of that nature. And it was just almost overwhelming. And you had to pause for like 20 minutes and just kind of stand in a circle and spin around just to get, take it all in
3: exactly that's what I felt it was you had a moment to just breathe and look up and just realize exactly where you were um there was a beautiful little show at the beginning where you know you um you could walk up and ask for a wishing wand and they did a story with it and everybody got to light the wishing star together chandelier so that was really
0: fun
1: yeah that's great Emily did you have anything to add?
0: Yeah, I think first impressions are I feel like they they start really when you're entering the cruise terminal, even before you get on the ship itself. And again, it's just that Disney difference. They are like everything is clean. It's very just like fresh feeling. I really, really loved it because nothing from the terminal to the ship itself, even the interior, honestly, the moment I stepped into the atrium of the ship, from that moment on, I I honestly kind of forgot I was on a boat. It really just felt like you were in a Disney resort, whether it's Grand California and Grand Floridian. It had that same that same feel that same vibe now of course you know hallways are narrow and a little bit shorter and things like that because you are on a boat but by the end of the time you if you never looked out a window you really could forget that you were on an actual cruise ship which is something personally that i really appreciate i don't particularly love um, cruise ships that are heavily nautical themed. And so I really appreciated the fact that this one wasn't either overtly Disney, nor was it overtly nautical. It was just, it was castle themed. It was beautiful. The color palette was calming. And I just forgot I was on a boat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, walking on board for the first time as the only other person because all of the kids here this was our first time but it's the parents third time i loved it it was this ship was designed to be like a castle in the interior not dark and gloomy or anything like that but just it was very bright large large atrium area with like you said previously all the details just done perfect
4: As the third time on the ship, I was excited to get back on because I felt, too, that like I did when it was the first time. It hadn't lost any of the magic or any of the um, impression that I had that like I did my first time. The shows, the sail away party, the atrium, all of the all the things felt like the first time.
1: Alright, yeah. So, moving on from first impressions, now Emily, we'll hop to you first. What did you think about the ship overall? I know we've sailed on a few other ships, but I want to hear what you have to say about that.
0: I thought that it was really well laid out. The The ship is large. It's it's. I think it's probably the largest cruise ship I've ever been on, no matter the cruise line. And I felt like, although it was a large ship, you never felt like you were walking for miles and miles or took miles and miles of stairs to get somewhere. It was very well laid out. It was very thoughtful in its design. And I, and again, although the ship was larger and we had an almost full sailing as far as passengers go, I never felt like there was really large crowds of people. Of course, you're gonna see lots of people in common places such as decks, pools, um, the buffet lines, things like that. But at the end of the day, Disney really knows how to move people around. I feel like they're a very, very, they're masters at that, knowing how to move lots of people in lots of different places without feeling like you're kind of being herded or anything. So from, I mean, like mom mentioned the Walt Disney Theater was just gorgeously laid out, a Broadway-sized theater with a mezzanine and everything. And all the way down to the rooms, which were, we had veranda rooms and they were spacious and beautiful. And I was just so impressed with just the layout in general. I think it was just so well done.
1: Yeah, I agree. Ian, Sam, do you have any uh, impressions about the ship
2: overall? Well, I know that probably we all do. I think overall the ship, to Emily's point, um, and credit to Disney, though they are obviously in it, they're a business, they're a company trying to make money, they didn't put the, the pursuit of money over people and their comfort in the fact that a lot of other cruise lines in a ship this size would have tried to cram more cabins, and more people onto it. So I felt like, um, though we had an almost full sailing at probably you know 3,500-ish people, uh, the ship was more than large enough to accommodate. And there were only a couple small choke points of places Uh, throughout our entire time where i noticed people you know two minutes walking out of the theater um, a minute or two and that really all it was was waiting in the 20 person line to grab a hamburger deck food situation Um, i really liked how they had lots of different pools instead of one main pool so for example i think just standing in the middle of the ship watching the big tv screen called funnel vision i counted Um, something like five different pools just from there that were good sized pools to you know cool off in chill in relax in then you go around to the adults only area and there's another three pools one of which is an infinity pool where you could see straight off the back of the ship and the two of them had like a waterfall back to it Uh, so i love just all the details and then of course Um, Unlike other cruise lines where you can appreciate, oh, that's a beautiful ship, oh, that's a cool painting, whatever. Disney packs so many details into their ship that you feel like you're walking through a floating piece of artwork, just looking for all the Easter eggs and all the cool design features and all the, the design things that build upon one another just to create a perfect guest experience.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think in the ship you could probably take a full day just walking up and down the forward and aft stairwells looking at all the different pieces of artwork. Theme
5: theme to each of the different floors. And boy, didn't we just walk up and down a lot of stairwells. uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah. As the elevators
5: elevators can get uh, uh, quite crowded uh, quickly after shows or or what have you. One point to our our listeners uh, going off of what Ian just said uh, that Disney Cruise Line, uh, unlike many others, a, does not offer a drink package uh, for alcoholic beverages. You, you pay by, by the glass or whatever you want to do. Uh, but it offers uh, free soda and juice and coffee and tea uh, continuously 24 hours a day. So that's one, one main difference. Also, uh, Disney Cruise Line does not have a casino on any of its ships uh, where others may, or, or most of them do. So that's one, one difference. That's true. That does free up like half a deck, not having a casino. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to your point, Ian, I never really felt crowded on any of our three days. So Mm -hmm. our itinerary for this cruise was we got on day one in Port Canaveral. The following day we docked in Nassau while having a nice breakfast after that, we went to Disney's private island, Castaway Key, and then sadly we were back in port the next day. And this is an itinerary that we've done before on Disney um, and a similar one on a carnival ship. But how do you guys like the three day cruise, just real quickly?
0: I, I personally love it. I My husband made a really good observation when we were driving back home. He said it, it, it leaves you kind of wanting more. And that's how I feel. Personally, I uh, like the shorter length versus maybe like a four, five, or seven night. Um, I think it gives enough to give a really, really exciting and interesting long weekend trip um, without maybe kind of making you a bit claustrophobic after a while or something like that. I will also note my husband is 6'6", so oftentimes (laughs) he can feel a bit claustrophobic (laughs) in cruise corridors and staterooms, but um, this itinerary
4: was really great. Yeah. It's a good one. It does make you want to come back for more.
1: And as we've talked about in previous episodes, if you're looking for your first cruise, kind of the consensus is, maybe take a three-day short one just to find out if you like it. And hopefully you're not
2: getting uh, seasick from anything. Well, to that point, one thing that I loved about this itinerary, A, I did not get seasick this time, which has happened in the past. However, um, I'm thankful for beautiful, smooth waters and, and beautiful weather and all that. Um, I think people that would be nervous about getting seasick or experience that but still want to be able to do a cruise, this one's perfect because you have a port day every single day. So you're really only sailing maybe a couple, three hours while you're awake in the evening and then through the night while you're sleeping and you wake up the next morning and you're pulling into port or you're already there and you can get off ground yourself in the sand or walk around on solid ground, you know, that kind of thing. So you get the, the flexibility of going places on a cruise ship and all the benefits that that offers without spending like daytime days, waking hours, um, sailing through the water. So that would be a great uh, plus for this itinerary.
0: So, you're about to go on a cruise, but not sure if you have all the essentials? Well, you're in luck. Our Amazon shop has all of our tried and true cruise essentials to shop in one easy spot. Visit the Amazon link in the description of this podcast to shop everything you'll need for your next cruise adventure.
1: All right. Now, moving along into a very important part of the cruise experience, Let's talk about dining, both dining rooms and deck food. So if you're not aware, Disney does a very unique dining experience for the main dining room. Instead of having one main dining room that's included where menus rotate, there are three different very themed restaurants that you go to. Aboard the Disney Wish, you have a Arendelle restaurant a Marvel-themed restaurant and then a steakhouse vibes restaurant called 1923 that's throughout the history of animation and the history of the Walt Disney Company. So what was your impressions of the dining rooms, the experiences, and then of course the deck food for your mid-afternoon and late-night snacks?
3: Well, so experience. My favorite restaurant was Arendelle. I mean, you can't beat the show. You can't beat the character interaction. Um, if you haven't been on this cruise, it's totally worth it. Just for that restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's definitely a go um, experience that and enjoy that one.
2: I'll say that I mean, leave it to Disney to look at what everyone else does in cruising and then take it two steps beyond that to what even beyond you would think you would need to do or want to experience or get out of it. So they really hit and cater to everything. Of course, the dining rooms are not just you sitting there and eating pretty much as much of whatever you want to eat, um, but it's also... They entertain you. They interact with you. You have interactions. So it's great. And you can you can sit there for over two hours. And before you know it, those two hours are up and it felt like five minutes went by. I mean, you have to be rolled out of the dining room in a wheelbarrow because you're eating the (laughs) entire two hours. However, uh, it's definitely a great time. And you just feel like you're getting your money's worth. You feel like it's something you can actually have an experience of. instead of just like, okay, I have a meal, I'm hungry, I need to eat, and then move on. And then you asked kind of about deck food, Ben, um, in regards to snacks and all of that. It was more than snacks. It was pretty much all the time, all day long. I don't think I walked past the um, the any of the stations, which were all grouped together, spread out very nicely, and covered every genre of food. Yeah. Palette of food sam says that you would that you would want so they had like grill like hamburger hot dogs all of that they had excellent barbecue their sausage was amazing and then they had pizza and then they also had like a taco burrito uh, place where you could go and none of them mm-hmm. you had to wait more than a couple minutes in line for Um, I mean, the food was good, it was tasted good, and it was very, very easily accessible. And credit to dad for putting us like just two decks below the deck food uh, so that it was a two minute walk from our room around the corner up a couple of flights of stairs, popped out the doors and you were staring all of the deck food straight in the face. So I definitely availed myself of that ease of access often. Um, as you would imagine on a cruise wanting to do, but again, I just can't say enough about how delicious it was and the variety that they offered. Yeah.
4: Let me add one uh, additional thing to the dining room. You change dining room rotations with three different um, dining rooms, so a different one every night. But your serving team goes with you to those different dining rooms. So you have the same server, head server, everything. Um, So each night they know your diet specifics or any kind of... um, foods you like if you've ordered an iced tea the first night they'll just bring it to you every single night whatever (laughs) your beverage is they just keep they because they rotate with you and you get to know them a little bit and it's really a fun part of the experience
5: yeah for our listeners again the the three main dining rooms and all of the deck food are included in your cruise fare. So you can eat as much as you like. And I think um, some of us uh, take that as a challenge to see. uh, That's right. If we can (laughs) eat our cruise fare and shrimp. Yeah. Uh, There are two uh, additional dining uh, rooms that are upscale. Uh, Palo, which is uh, an Italian uh, steakhouse, and uh, Enchante, which is a French-inspired restaurant. And additionally, the pub has a typical uh, British pub fare that, uh, comes at an additional charge, but, uh, we never had to, you know, take advantage of any of those opportunities. Not this time. You don't feel like you need to.
1: So no, still sticking no. on the food aspect of things, Emily, I know you're now gluten-free and you've experienced gluten-free cruising on a different cruise line. So how was your experience on the Disney wish?
0: well i'm definitely a person that especially when it now comes to having pretty pretty strict dietary requirements not only am i gluten free i'm also shellfish free and i am very allergic to pomegranate so three or two pretty large categories and then a real outlier yeah. so i i really i carry an <laughs> epipen i have to have my benadryl just to make sure that you know i'm all good on that front but There were a few things that both surprised me and then I was also really pleased by. So starting off, we'll kind of work um, first meal onward. So your first meal when you get on board is at Marceline Market, which is their buffet. nothing except one dessert was labeled gluten-free. So for all my listeners who are gluten intolerant or celiac, that's just something to note. So what you do, especially if you're worried about cross-contamination and you don't want to think about, oh, maybe what's in even a dressing or a salad or something like that, you're going to ask a cast member and there's a sign at the start of Marceline Market that says this you're gonna ask a cast member who then they're going to get a manager. And I was put in contact with a lovely man who was able to sit me down and kind of walk me through the process of basically ordering food. Um, A tip I would say first is walk through Marceline Market, see what dishes are on the buffet line that you want to eat. What they're going to do is they're going to go back to the kitchen and the chef in a separate kitchen is going to create those same dishes for you in a completely gluten-free environment. So this is phenomenal for celiacs who truly have to be cautious with cross-contamination. For me, I'm gluten intolerant. I am not diagnosed celiac. So the process did take a little bit longer. I would say that that took about 15 minutes for that interaction, which is not bad. I panicked a little bit and I ordered chicken and white rice, which I will say was fantastic. It was so good. Um, But thinking back, I could have definitely been like, hey, that lasagna looks great. Can you make me a gluten-free one? And they would be able to accommodate you. Again, that process just takes time. Then when you get to the normal dining rooms, they have a very, very well done menu system where they are marked gluten free, dairy free, and then they have their vegan and vegetarian options as well on and they're like lighter notes of things. You have two different options here as a gluten-free person. You can either order night of off the gluten-free options on the menu, or what you can do is you can, the night previous during your dining rotation, you can do a pre-order of whatever food is coming the next evening. So again, if there was a gnocchi dish on the menu, in the next restaurant you're going to the next night, you could say, oh, I want that gnocchi dish, and they will make it for you according to your dietary specifications. Of course, that takes the spontaneity out of choosing what you want to eat for the evening, but if you want a full range of options, then that's a really great thing to do. I like a bit more of the spontaneity of things and I don't always know 24 hours in advance what I want to eat the following night. So I just ended up ordering off of the gluten-free options on the menu. They were great. Everything was phenomenal. Nothing was pared back or left off. And there were actually lots of options in pretty much every category. Mine was unique because I am allergic to shellfish as well. So that left off a few things that I couldn't eat. But by far and away, Disney, again, the Disney difference, they just do it better. And every single part of the process was so accommodating every single cast member was so kind and you didn't feel like you were putting them out or anything like that and so i really just felt well taken care of and i am confident in saying that anyone with a severe food allergy would be able to find options aplenty on this ship
1: that's really amazing that you and have that experience and not feel like there's things
5: left out it's interesting again for our listeners that um on the re- your reservation on the app or on the disney cruise line website there is a space to alert the the ship and the crew if you are gluten-free uh, or you need a special diet um for uh, whatever uh may arise um and so the the these servers in our main dining room rotation, uh, two wonderful gentlemen uh, just knew a little bit about Emily and they brought her, they were ready with their, her gluten-free rolls every day and, and the like. So uh, uh, it pays to uh, pay attention when you, on your reservation to add those items if you need. Absolutely. And now to end things real quick, rapid fire. We're gonna
1: go around starting with Ian. And we're going to ask, what was one thing about the ship that you especially enjoyed? Whether that's a favorite themed location or food item or whatever.
2: My favorite place on the ship was probably the hyperspace lounge or bar, which is a completely immersive Star Wars themed lounge or bar. But again, Disney just does things so well, so over the top and thinks of every scenario and makes it a perfect vacation.
3: I have two. I would say mine is the Rose um, Lounge. Um, Ian and I just sat up there. It's a lounge right outside of one of their um, paid restaurants. And um, we sat there while it was raining, we were heading out. And then um, we just really enjoyed that scenery and that time together. And it was very quiet and just beautiful. And then also one thing I didn't know that actually can happen, if you have never been able to, as a grown adult, um, visit the um, Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo boutique, you can actually go in and ask them to pixie dust your hair. So that was kind of cool, a fun experience. And um, one of the highlights that I told my children at school and they thought it was the coolest
2: thing ever, so. we're still picking glitter out of her hair. (laughs) (laughs) Emily?
0: I I would say I would agree with Ian about the Hyperspace Lounge and also the Bayou, which are two super cool lounge areas. You can go in there, order a drink before dinner, mocktail, whatever you want. Fantastic experience. But honestly, I was really impressed with our stateroom. It was spacious. It was well-themed. I mean... You just can't beat having a stateroom with a veranda on a Disney ship.
1: Absolutely. For myself, I think it probably was, it's going to be hard, but maybe 1923 was my favorite themed restaurant. Just because of all of the history and the animations and the drawings and the artifacts that they have in that room that you can just look at in between your courses.
4: And I'm going to add to that, I really enjoy on a three night cruise, you have a a Broadway style show every single night. And um, I really, really enjoy those musical um, Disney Broadway shows.
5: For myself, I would say any cruise with the uh, cruise with the Luz family is just one we enjoy. Absolutely. We love
1: cruising together as a family and as individuals in some cases. Well, that's going to end things for us in this episode. We hope you enjoyed. Stick around in a few weeks for our next episodes.
0: Thank you for listening to Cruise with the Loos. We'll be back in two weeks with more informational and
2: inspirational cruising content. Until then, happy sailing.